0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to a Guided Life podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at guidedwest11, on Instagram at guidedwest, and on Twitter at laurawest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book Guided is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, And spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Ray Kalnan. Ray is a transformational coach and trainer. Her journey since she was born has led her to heal her own past, create her own future, and take charge of her own destiny. Her purpose in this lifetime is to assist you on your spiritual personal growth in a way that empowers you to spread your wings, to propel you to continue on your own magnificent journey and create the abundance, happiness, and fulfillment that is your birthright. Ray, I am so excited to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad I finally managed to connect. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of people going through their spiritual and mediumship journeys feel <laughs> the same way when they finally have that aha moment. And the the reason why we've been talking about this is because we were having some technical issues with logging in and connecting and so here but here we are. We made it. So, Ray, I know you do some amazing things with spirit, helping people with angels and everything. Anyway, I want to start off by having you share the amazing things that you are up to these days and where sort of the spiritual life has led you to share at this point in your life.
1: Yeah, certainly. We're doing lots of things. I've just, Well, I've created a guided meditation series to help you step into um, confidence. At the moment, I'm running a Get to Know and Understand Your Chakras workshop, which has recordings, so if you miss the live, you can actually listen to the recording. I'm running future life progression um, training workshops where you not only learn to take people into future lives, but you also um, get to uh, learn how to take people into past lives as well and you actually get to experience and try that out. I'm doing some well-being events, offering angelic reiki healing, as well as seeing clients in person and online as well, because a lot of my work I can I can do online as well as in person. And I've just been working on some fifth-dimensional stuff that seems to be uh, coming in now, and it's kind of like a new... No, I wouldn't say it's a healing modality, but it's kind of like taking you to a virtual retreat. So that's coming in now. And I've started working that way, which is really exciting um, to see how that progresses and goes.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, it's always so fun to see where our journey takes us next and all the things that led us up to it. So it's always so fun to be open to that. I need to ask you about future life regression. Because mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting, because we always hear about past life regression. unless this is up and coming, I this is probably the first time all year <laughs> that I've heard about future life regression. Can you dive into that just a bit more and share what it I mean, I guess i, I guess I guess my question is because we hear so many times in the spiritual community how, mm-hmm. The future is not set in stone, right? And anything can change with free will. So when you do a future life regression, I suppose my question is, is that just looking at one possibility that spirit wants to show you? Or I don't know. Can you share a bit more about that, please?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, most uh, most certainly. So future life regression has been going for many years. It's one of the best well-kept secrets. Um, But there's more and more practitioners coming in now. And it was actually a lady called Anne Gersh who kind of like adopted it. Because when people like Brian L. Weiss were doing past life regressions, occasionally if you read some of the books, they take people have gone into the future. But Anne kind of like honed it down and she's got several books on the subject which which sort of like explains how, how it came about. But basically with future life progression, it's very similar to past life regression, but instead of going backwards in time, you go forwards in time. You can go five years, ten years, twenty years, hundred years, a future lifetime to get an idea of where your life is, what your life is doing, to actually connect with your future self and get guidance and information from them about the changes you can make now. So if you think that if Laura five years ago was speaking to Laura now, You'd you'd be telling her, okay, you should have done this, should have done this, you shouldn't have done that, and you would have taken that information back, and you would have done or not done those things, which then would have meant yourself five years now, you would be doing something more amazing or or different from it. So yes, the future is not set in stone, but you can go forward in time to see what it will be like if you continue on the path you're going. And if you're not happy with it, then you can ask for what changes you should have made to actually change that path. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. It's so much like time travel, which is what m- it makes me think of. <laughs> but then I also heard you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to, uh, you know, in the movies, <laughs> when it comes to time travel, don't interact with anybody. <laughs> but in this case, it's like you have full <laughs> yeah, permission. In the movies.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because you're doing it on an energetic level. It's so not as if you're physically there, it's, it's an energy. You know, you get to step into your future self, so you get to step in. If yourself in five years' time is um, running its own business, you know, you can step into your into yourself five years' in time and actually feel, stand, experience how yourself in five years' time is, and you can bring that information back. You know, it might be that there's a particular suit you're wearing, you see yourself speaking on stage, and you see yourself in a particular suit. So you go and buy that suit. I mean, that's exactly what Anne did. As soon as she bought that suit, things just all all changed for her. You know, and sometimes it can be really quick. You know, I've had clients that literally, one of them, she actually saw herself working for an old friend. She kind of like got an idea of what the job was, but she kind of no idea where that job's going to come from, etc. But it was kind of like an old friend would contact her with regards to it. So she went in, she experienced this new job. Literally within weeks, this French seen for four years got in touch with her and she's now doing that job. So that's how quick it can happen, but sometimes it can take a little bit longer. Like another client saw herself living and working in Morocco. And it took her a couple of years, but she is now out in Morocco working. And I'm waiting to see where the next bit takes because in her future life progression, she actually saw herself meeting someone over there, even saw the bar and everything. So uh I'm waiting for that one to happen now.
0: <laughs> wow. That's just, that's just insane. And to make things a bit more confusing, would you say that even though it feels future, you know, because time to us in the physical so linear? Is that a life that's happening right now? (laughs) It's like there's a very
1: good chance that that's a life that's happening right
0: now. It's just so weird. My human physical brain like just can't fathom and wrap its mind (laughs) around these concepts (laughs) of things happening at the same time, like parallel dimensions, and but it's still you. Or oh, it's just so it could get so complicated, but it's, it's so interesting.
1: It does, and it's kind of like, oh, my God, I can be doing three things at the same time. You know, how is that possible? But it's like, oh, it's, it's all energetic. You know, we're even talking about going into future lifetimes. You, you know, and another quick current case on that is a client that I had, she went into a future lifetime and she saw herself working in education. Completing, in, in, in the future, education, for, for those listening, is going to be so much better than it is now. Um, Lots of people have gone into the future. Education is going to be completely different. It's actually going to be beneficial to children, unlike unlike it is now, which was really interesting because she doesn't have children. She's got no interest in teaching whatsoever. But the experience was so profound for her going into the future and the things that she could bring back to the current that she started to train as a teacher.
0: Wow. That's when you know... Like you said, the profound impact of these sessions, when it has that emotional yeah. factor to it, and enough to implement change in one's current life, amazing. Yeah. Wow. yeah,
1: And she can bring that future stuff back into the mainstream schools now, which will start moving things forward,
0: right? Maybe quicker. Set her up for her next life yeah. <laughs> as a teacher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's really, really amazing. And it's neat to, I feel like because it's the future, there's no hard evidence as if you went in the past and were able to validate things. So it, it's really the circumstantial evidence and the, the emotional impact that can mm. really, I think, help validate those experiences. And then of course, we wait and see what comes. Or for instance, like the the clients you've had in this current life who did a future life regression and then events were taking place in the current life. So that's obviously easier to validate, but that's just really incredible. And I know for past lives too, a lot of it has to sort of be validated via the person's emotional response to things because maybe a lot of things can't, you can't go back and and validate just for whatever reason. I don't know, they were not a significant... A person in history, so you know it's like uh, you know just uh, everyday people. Not everybody gets to go in a history book, (laughs) so it's it could be hard to validate.
1: Yeah, it can be, you know, especially if you're sort of like going back three, four hundred, five hundred years or something, or even back to the beginning of time. You know, there were no written records technically for it, but it is the emotions that you feel, the experience, and. It's so real when you're actually experiencing that past life. My first ever past life regression, I went back to the uh, 1700s and I was a child. I was a very sickly child living in the Spanish or French Pyrenees. And I died. I actually, as a 10-year-old child, I actually sat down with my back against a tree and I died. And I actually felt that in my human physical body as me now, and it was just so emotional and and powerful. And it's like, whoa, you experience it. So you so you know that it's real. It's not something you're making up, it's something that actually happened because you're experiencing those emotions, those feelings at the same time.
0: So that brings up a good question then. What are the benefits of doing either a, a past or future life regression for the client receiving that session?
1: Um with regards to the past life regression. You can go back and you can clear up any issues that might be affecting you in your current life. So you've all heard of the ones, these are well documented, that you have a fear of planes in this lifetime. And when you have a past life regression, it turns out that you may have been a fighter pilot or you may have died in a plane crash or had bombs dropped on you from a plane in a past life. So when you go back and you understand where that fear came from, it then doesn't affect you so much in your current life because you've, you've cleared that. I mean, the way I personally work is I take people, when they go to experience what's ever happened in the past, I actually take them to the point of death in that lifetime and go to in-between lives so they can actually look back, what lessons did I need to learn from this? Did I learn my lessons? What could I have done differently, forgiving themselves and forgiving the people that may have harmed them or allowing the people that they may have harmed to forgive them and accepting it on this in between spiritual life so that you're clearing and healing. So that when you come back to your current life, it doesn't affect you anymore and you can actually move on with your life. And again, you can discover gifts of talents that you might have had in a previous lifetime. That you can bring back now or, you know, it gives you, oh, so, you you know, so you kind of like in this lifetime, you know, it's kind of like, God, you know, people always look at me strange because I've always been interested in playing with sticks or stones. And in a past life, you're actually um, somebody who read sticks or you read runes and you understand why. So you don't feel as weird or strange as people say because you know where it's come from. And you can then develop that gift in this current lifetime, which allows you, again, to fully step into your power, into your, into your divine presence, which is what we're really all here striving to do, is to remember our divine presence. So going into the past does that. And then when you go into the future, because you can see the path that you need to take, what steps you need to take, what it's going to be like, you bring that back to the current so you can actually start making those changes but also you're no longer worried about what's going to happen in the future because you've you've seen it and you know that it's going to be absolutely fine so both are really beneficial in helping you to be fully present in your in your current life to actually start getting into your divine presence into who you truly are and what you are here to do
0: oh that's wonderful Reminds me so much of meditation where we try to do the same thing and be present in our current life. I wanted to ask you about the in between lives regression. Now, I know mm-hmm. Dr. Michael Newton documents this very thoroughly through his books and all his case studies. I'm curious when you have brought clients to that time of in between lives. Anything interesting that they tell you in regards to what it looks like on the other side or, or who's there on the other side? Anything anything like that?
1: It's different for individuals. Nobody experiences it the same way, which that is really is. interesting for me. Um, you know, some people, they'll see um, spirits and guides. Other people see family. Some people just have a room. Some people are just in the universe. It's just so completely different to, it's it's really kind of like what they need to know and what how they will understand it. Because if someone's not really into angels or anything like that, they're not going to see an angel in an in-between life because that's just not going to validate it for them. You know, whereas they might see their dad or their grandmother or something, which is more validation for them. It really is sort of like individual to, to some people. You know, some people literally have the whole Ah-ha! type experience and other people just have really basic stuff, um, you know, and it might be that the other person in the in-between life is somebody they might have killed in a previous life or vice versa, or, and it's only those two that are going to be in that in-between life because that's what they need to work on. So there might not be anyone else around. So, yeah, it's just all so individual for for each person that there's no, well, from my experience, when I take people in between lives, maybe it's because of the way I work, there's no, everything's always the same. It's very much individual.
0: Got it. Which just kind of validates my point that we just can't put any limits on spirit and the spirit world. It's always changing so (laughs) vast. Oh, that's wonderful. So, uh, Ray, I'd like to go back now and hear about what your childhood was like to maybe get an idea of what sort of set the spiritual tone for you in your life.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, well, I was born into quite a spiritual family. My mom did palmistry and tea leaves. My aunt read tarot cards. Uh, my sister and I were quite... Sensitive to energies. My dad um, was more of the practical person, but you know he accepted it. You know, and he would drive my mum to spiritual churches. I mean, my sister would go along with with her to them. So I was always aware of energy and spirit around. So I was kind of like really brought up in in that in that atmosphere. Just one of those things that that was was natural. A little bit scary at times because although my mum understood it. It's not like now where we understand a lot more. It was still newish back then. So there are probably things that she could have said and done differently with us to um, help develop to, um, you know, some of that fear away. But that was as of the time as as it was. So I kind of like had that in my background and I dabbled myself growing up um, in runes and tarot cards and that and as, as as I was growing. But like all things, you know, when you get to teenagers, that kind of like just goes by the by. Although I do remember because my my mum did psychometry as well. And I'd have friends at school cutting off bits of their hair for me to take home to my mum to do the psychometry. And I remember once um my class some of my classmates wanted to do the Ouija board and I'm sort of like not really into that. And I said, no, no, I'm going to do that. But they insist, but they wanted me to be there to keep them safe, which now when I look back is what I do now is how I hold the space for people. But obviously I didn't know what that was back then. It was just they wanted me there and they, and, you know, and they didn't know. So I was never ostracized at school because of it. And, and that. you know, it's just one of those things that that has been accepted and then obviously go through teenage life start work um etc um still dabbled in stuff and then um i ended up uh having a tarot reading and um guided meditation where you know i was going to go on a journey a life changing journey I suggested maybe sri lanka or somewhere like that so i i um, at that time lonely planet was kind of like because the computers were kind of like just really starting then the internet, and I looked at Lonely Planet and they had an article on Peru, and I read that, and I thought, "Oh, that sounds really interesting." Then a few days later, I turned on the TV and there was Stephen Fry doing a documentary on Peruvian bears. and Of course, I'm switched on enough to go, "Oh, I think they might be saying in this, so I got some brochures to come in, and I'm looking at them going. These are a little bit expensive. I can't really afford to travel all the way to Peru. And then at the time, my mortgage was coming to an end, so I had to remortgage. And there was this mistake between my existing mortgage company and my new mortgage company, and they had to give me some compensation, which was the exact amount of one of these trips. What? (laughs) So I know. So it's like I booked that. And then just before I I was to go on the trip, Um, The girl I was working with at the time, her grandfather passed away and she came into work. She'd been clearing out his attic. And she said, you'll never guess what I found in my grandfather's attic. There was a old map of Peru and an old Peruvian Lonely Planet guide. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Wow. What synchronicities.
1: I know. And then the synchronicity with the flight, I got there late, so I didn't have a seat booked. So I ended up being put next to a couple who were on the same trip as me, which was good because when we got to Peru, I don't speak Portuguese. I don't know. (laughs) But but they'd been traveling. So we sort of like, um, and the initial 10 of us just, it was like, and you know, there was some Australians, Americans, Canadians, Irish, UK, but the 10 of us just clicked. It was like, We'd all known each other. We just all, gel, you know, we, we just really all gel together. And there were different things that happened during the trip. But on the four-day trail, uh, um, trail to Machu Picchu, the four-day hike to Machu Picchu, the first day the easiest because you're on a flat level. The second day is the hardest because you're literally going on an incline up. The third day is supposed to be the most scenic because you're actually going down over the um, Amazon. Not for us. It poured with rain. I think we had snow at one point. It, you couldn't see down the edges. But every now and again, you'd walk into a cloud forest and it was like there was sunshine, birds, everything should be stripping off. And then you'd be walking through this and then suddenly you'd have everything back on. But the fourth day is the day when you actually go to look at the sunrise over Machu Picchu. And obviously you've got the big sun gate there. Now, obviously the sun rises every day. But to actually go through the sun gate at the precise angle, our guide had been doing it for about 10 years, and I think he'd only ever seen it for three or four times. He saw it with us up there. We were blessed that it came through at the most perfect angle. And it was so amazing that, I mean, there must have been about 100-odd people up there, including some children, and you could have heard a pin drop. That is how amazing it actually was and then whilst I was walking around I was standing on one of the platforms and as I looked down it was like I'd gone into the past because there were all these Incans below me and I was addressing them it literally only was a few seconds but it's kind of like I'm kind of like oh my god what happened there you know I just gone back in time and when I've done the shamanic journey I actually Went back to the Peruvian time and they actually did kill me because I predicted something wrong. But hey, that's neither here nor there. But, but yeah, so, so that was so I came back to England and that was kind of like, okay, I really don't want to work in an office now. And it was October and it was raining outside. It was dark early, it was miserable. And I was thinking, I'd rather be outside than sitting in this office. And that's just when things really, you know, angels had always sort of like been there, sort of like that they really started showing up more. Things I found, angelic Reiki, and then things just all worked its way into, in together. And it's now when I look back, and I think this is sometimes, if people were looking where they should be going on their spiritual path, look back at your um, childhood and your teenage years. Because I look back and I was one of those kids that was always questioning, which stood me instead for everything I do. I have to question it to know that it, you know, to validate it for me. I was interested in kaleidoscopes, sacred geometry, which is what I do now. And that was sacred geometry. I love looking at, I've got a telescope. I love looking at the stars. That was all connected. You know, I was always one of those children that... I was accepted by both the geeks and by the cool set, which is what my role now is to bring is to be that balance to bring people together, you know. And again, like holding the space, I didn't realize I was holding the space for my my classmates at that at that time. And I love reading and making up stories. And my my role now is I'm a guide, you know. I guide people to help them remember their divine present to tell their story, and that ties in with all the story stuff um, that I read but I did have a point in all of this where I had imposter syndrome it was just it was just kind of like how can I be this person you know how can I do all this and I think around it was around the time when people were coming out and they're going oh you know I was near death and I suddenly heard God speaking to me or I saw angels coming down or I had this big catastrophe and that woke up my spiritual gifts, etc. And I was thinking, I've not had any of that at all. You know, I've, I've had a blessed childhood, a blessed teenage life. I've not had any major traumas. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this because I've not had this big awakening. And I actually got into meditation with it. And, and what I realized was, I have had over 300 plus past lives. I've been here and on other planets since time began. And through all those past lives I've had, I've experienced death. I've experienced childbirth. I've experienced killing other people, being killed. So I did all that in my past lives. So the reason I didn't have that in this lifetime is this is my last incarnation on Earth. You know, I've kind of like always known this, but I've actually, with Future Life progression. I've actually gone into my next lifetime and I'm back with the universe. So, you know, it's, it's my Kashy records have said that as well. So for me to do the work that I'm supposed to do now, my life wasn't to have all that, those issues now so that I could work on, on, on doing all that stuff to, to be free without that worry to, to do it. So that kind of like really helped me with that. So you don't have to have all these big experiences and issues and, you know, going right to the depth of the well or anything like that, because you might have had them in in previous lifetimes and you don't need them in this lifetime. So when I realized that, that was really helpful um, for me, because, again, it helped me stay open and develop more stuff.
0: I'm so glad that you brought that up. So first of all, what amazing experiences that you had. And I feel what a blessing it was for you. For having the childhood that you did that you could recognize when things were a sign and maybe, you know, your ears perk up and and you know that you need to listen. So that's such a blessing. I think it's great that you brought up the imposter syndrome and the fact that we don't have to have these dark nights of the soul to awaken ourselves. I've had several guests come on who say they came in awake. So they, you know, they didn't need to have that giant spiritual awakening happen in their life. And I think that that could resonate with a lot of people who maybe feel like, am I really deserving of this? And and is my voice, am I really worthy of speaking to any of this because I haven't experienced the dark night of the soul? And, you know, it just depends on the person's life journey. And I love that you take into account past lives because I myself have also questioned, well, who am I to sit here and tell people about spirit guides and and tell people about the other side from what I've learned in this life. But I have to remind myself, I didn't just learn everything in this life. I have learned things through many past lives that have led me to this life. So I am a wealth of knowledge more than just from this life alone. So things like that to remind ourselves Um, that uh, we really do come in with a lot more. We really are worthy of sharing our voice and being the liaison uh, with this world and, and spirit. So thank you for being authentic about that and being real about that because I think that it really can resonate with a lot of people who maybe worry that they too are unworthy of speaking to their experiences because they wouldn't be considered Terribly traumatic, quote unquote. Yeah. So again, thank you for speaking to that and for your authenticity.
1: Oh, you're you're welcome. You know, and that is part of my role is helping people remember because when you remember, you can continue your story or you can uh, come to the final chapter of that of that story. So all of us will remember. It's just we have to remember because obviously, when we know before we're born into this lifetime. Um, you know, and that's what I found from taking people in between lives. We know why we chose to come here, but then we come through and we forget. It's like, that's one of those uh, convenient. quirky <laughs> things. Of, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're going to make you work for this one. Right. Thanks. So it's really, uh, um, you know, helping people remember, rem- remember their divine presence, who they truly are and why they are here uh, um, to do what they're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, because remembering provides us with the confidence to do what it is that we're supposed to do. Absolutely. So a couple more things that you had mentioned that that are really, really interesting. One, when your friends wanted to do the Ouija board and you're like, eh, I don't know about this. And then they said, well, can you just be there to keep us safe? So even your friends unknowingly knew the power that you had of protection, uh, which is also very interesting. You know, they, perhaps they weren't very aware spiritually, but they just knew somewhere deep down that Ray is going to keep us safe. And I love that you brought up, look at the parallels between now and your teenage years, you had mentioned, like the parallel, the things that you were interested then and how they're being incorporated into life today. That's really interesting. I'm going to start to think and look at the parallels there because perhaps that can give people a lot of insight too as to maybe uh, why they're doing what they're doing, why they're interested in what they are, or just something neat to think about and validate experiences from then to now. And that they really haven't changed too much between being a, a teenager, young adult to an older adult now. So that's really interesting that you figured that out. Yeah,
1: you, you know, and it's not just teenagers. Is your, is your childhood, you know, how far back into your childhood can you remember back to? And sometimes it's also when you look back, you know, what did you enjoy doing but doing back then? You know, I loved reading and making up stories. I was always making up plays. Famous Five, anyone's listening old enough to remember that. I was playing. I was always George. It's never ran. I was George. I was the tomboy. So I, I played those characters. But if you remember some of the stuff, like I'm doing, I find relaxing jigsaws. I used to do jigsaw puzzles as a child.
0: I love puzzles.
1: <laughs> and doing them again now, it's kind of like, ah, oh, I remember. So it's, it's sort of like bringing back that childlike energy as well. Um, and that fun that you that you had during, during your childhood, which again leads you on, oh, yeah, so I was good at doing it that. Those people, oh, yeah, so I can actually do that now. It's good to sit down and just look back.
0: I love that. Okay. And now I also want to just quickly touch upon your mention of this being your last life incarnated and how you were able to learn about that and that after this life, you go back into the universe. What do you mean by that? Basically,
1: I literally become part, I I was literally just, it's it's really hard to explain. explain
0: (laughs) It is.
1: (laughs) I was all and everything. I was just this vast expanse of. Stars and dust and black holes and just connected to everyone and I was just there. I was just yeah. I I can't, I can't really explain it any 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 more than that. It was just so amazing. I mean I I and the energy I felt and I was sort of like had tears of joy coming down. I felt all this unconditional love. It was just it was just the most amazing experience um, that that I had.
0: That's incredible. So, do you also feel that you may still be doing work like as a a guide or doing something on the other side or, or is it just literally being with the universe and then that's it?
1: I think that that is me just literally going back to source, going going back to the um uh, to to the one, not going on to do any anything else. Um, you know, as I said, I've had 300 plus past lives come from other dimensions other planets I've done work for that and I think it's just kind of like I got to leave you know I've done everything I possibly can I just want to rest now but <laughs> I'm going to live to a very old age so I've still got 50 plus odd years to go and again you know you choose your parents you know I chose my parents because I knew I'd have that childhood my parents made the decision not to have me and my sister christened because they said it would be up to us to, if we decided to go down a religion, it would be up to us to choose it ourselves. They were not going to force it on us. So they allowed us that freedom. I also had that happy childhood. But on the, if you for the physical being, the women in my mum's side of the family lived to very old ages. So you know, I had to be born into a a uh, female side that lived to very old age to do the work uh, I need to do to still be fully complementous and able to do stuff.
0: Wonderful. Well, gosh, I feel so privileged to have met you again in in your last incarnation. So, oh, wow, how wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story. Ray, to help wrap up our interview, I was wondering if you had a message that you could channel or get from the other side to share with the listener for the time that they listen to this episode?
1: Well, funny enough, I've actually got a deck of Archangel Oracle cards by the side of me. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So um, let's see what the, what the angels want to say to everybody who's listening to this.
0: Because you work a lot with angels too, don't you?
1: I do. Yes. I work a lot with angels there. They're always part of my life. They've always they been there, but I didn't really start noticing them till about the 2000s, which is interesting because at that time, there wasn't a lot of angel stuff about, especially here in the UK. If I wanted anything angelic, I had to wait for Christmas. That was the only time I could get angelic things. I even signed up to a, a Christmas catalogue. My first book that I got on angels, I had to order from Ireland. And that but of course that was about the time that Dorian Virtue and in this country um Diana Cooper was starting. So it was sort of like angels were really making themselves more known um then. I mean, now you can just walk down the street and there'll be something about angels, you know, you can you can pick up all the time. But back then there wasn't really a lot. So it was kind of like having to go within my own validation. Of angels and them them being there. I mean, I've never actually seen an angel. I know they're there. I can feel their energy. But also, when I'm working, I channel most of my stuff. I channel. I don't remember half of what I talk about. Even when I'm working with clients, it's it's all it's all around guidance from the angels, from extra dimensionals beings, 100 pure light and love. But I have had people that can see. Things you know, they'll go. oh do you know you've got this angel next to you, or, or or things like that? So it's validation that I already know that there is an angel with me. So, uh so yeah. So I love working with angels, and they're always there, um, no matter what. Even if I'm having a hissy fit or something, you know, um, and going, "Oh, you angels, you haven't helped me." It's it's like actually a good thing was I travelled back from the Lake District. And a a five-and-a-half-hour journey took me seven hours. And I was kind of going to the angels, oh, come on, you know, I asked for a a smooth journey. You've not given me a smooth journey, et cetera. But when I got to near my house, they actually created space at the roundabout for me to actually get through a couple of cars smoothly and easily. So when I got nearer home, they kind of like, all right, we'll give you a break now, (laughs) And and we'll make it easier for you. So they're always there, even if you kind of go, you're you're annoying me today. They're kind of like, we're still here.
0: (laughs) It's very endearing.
1: (laughs) It it is. it's, It's very endearing. And the card that literally jumped out of the pack was Spiritual Understanding, Archangel Raziel. I'm bringing you esoteric information and symbols and helping you understand spiritual truths. So basically what... The angels are saying to to all those that are listening to this. No matter when you are listening to this, the information, the esoteric information, the spiritual truths are actually coming through now. You know, you're being shown signs that that they're that are coming through with symbols, sacred geometry, numbers, programs, words, etc. We're really trying to bring this information in now, so start listening and looking for us because we are bringing that information to help you on your path, to help you understand about spirit, about the universe, about higher dimensions. So look out for the information that that we're sending you, because they are sending it and they want to remind people you need to look out for it. And when you see it, recognize it. It's not coincidence, it's synchronicity, it's stuff that you need to know. So it could be that a kaleidoscope will suddenly fall out of a shelf, sacred geometry. So everyone listen to this. You're going to understand more about spirits and the universe, but you need to look out and listen for the signs that they're sending you, if that makes sense.
0: Yep. Going back to those signs, all about what, how the universe and angels and guides and everybody communicates with us so how wonderful what a wonderful message and I do want to share too if anybody wants to get in touch with Ray I have in the show notes all the links to do so but Ray I do want to thank you so much for your time today thank you to the angels for that wonderful message really appreciate you uh, for sharing your journey and your knowledge with us so thank you so much
1: oh you're welcome thank you so much for inviting me on your show it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you again
0: was another episode of a guided life podcast thank you so much for tuning in and until next time love and light always